0: Find us on Twitter at SuperflexShow and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show.
1: Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season.
0: Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host once again, Dan Myler, and with me for the hundredth and hundred and seventeenth time, Matt Price. How are you doing, Matt?
2: I'm doing good, man. Uh, week week seven was was good to me, so I'm uh, I'm excited. Uh, my teams are coming into to shape for the second half of the season here.
0: Did you did you know it was our 117th episode together?
2: I did not. Oh, you don't keep a
0: notch on your belt like I do.
2: I was trying to remember <laughs> when when the hundredth was, uh, no, but I guess I, I missed no that by by done. several weeks.
0: I, I, <laughs> I have no no, no clue. I, I know it's been a lot. Seems like I I look at that beard regularly. Ryan McDowell, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I have not been here for all 117. No. I don't know how how you know that. That's that's weird.
0: (laughs) Anyway, guys, week seven is in the books, (laughs) and we're more than 60% of the way through our fantasy regular season, which is depressing, really. I was thinking about that on Sunday and uh, did not feel good about it. So let's get to our news. First of all, like every podcast that covers fantasy this week, we're going to start off with Amari Cooper getting traded to the Cowboys for a first-round pick. First thing I need to know from you guys, because of Twitter exploded about it, Ryan, did they give up too much for Amari, or is it truly anything for Amari?
1: <laughs> uh, they, uh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe... Jerry Jones follows me. I didn't, I didn't know that, but maybe, maybe he bought into the, anything for Amari because they absolutely gave up too much. Yeah. I mean, when, when we started hearing the rumors that he was on the trade block and they wanted a first rounder, I I think we kind of collectively rolled our eyes that like, you're not getting a first rounder for him. No, no way. And sure enough, they found, you know, they found the right trade partner uh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys gave it up. They're they're three and four right now. I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think many you know many fans or or anybody else really expects them to make the playoffs. So not only did they get a first, but they got a potentially a, a you know a top ten, top fifteen uh, pick, which I, I'm I'm still shocked.
0: I'm not as shocked as most people are you know I'm, i i try to be a little more level-headed and reserve kind of judgment on those kind of things especially for players that i i like and stuff like that um uh, matt what are your thoughts
2: you're crazy uh the patriots got what is it, josh gordon for a fifth round pick so yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I know those are very different players and what they've done recently i mean cooper hasn't done anything recently either first two years are well, great Brandon not Cooks so much been since the...
0: for a first though
2: yeah, but Cooks has actually been productive. I don't know the last two seasons. I don't know. You you might be right. I just it feels it feels like a like a strong reach, especially considering this upcoming wide receiver class. And you know they they, they probably could get a one somebody equal to what Amari's doing right now in the second round, honestly, um, of next year's draft. But they uh, maybe they're like you and I, Dan. They they're gonna push every edge they have. Uh, they're looking for that championship right now. They want to win now. So so maybe that's it. And in terms of his upside in 2018, you know, I I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna max out at like a wide receiver too. Uh, I think he's definitely the most talented receiver there. Gallup has come on, especially last week. Um, but I just I don't really know if Dak is really that much of an upgrade from Carr, and I don't really know if the offensive play callers are really that much of an upgrade from Oakland either. So you have to think they wanted him. They gave up a first, so they're going to make a, every effort they can to get him the ball, probably more so than they did in in Oakland. But uh, it just feels kind of a lateral, like a kind of a lateral move right now to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a lateral move, dynasty wise and fantasy wise for sure, especially this season when you consider he has to enter a new offense and get used to a new quarterback as far as Dak versus Carr, i think you you hit the nail on the head really it's a it's a lateral move they're they're both bottom half of the nfl quarterbacks and maybe maybe top 60 percent but certainly not not star quarterbacks or the kind of guy that that can take a wide receiver and bring him up to the next level at least in my opinion Ryan, how about long-term? How do you feel about this deal? How, how should Amari Cooper owners and Dynasty be feeling about 2019 and beyond?
1: Well, I think we, we have to feel better than we did a week ago. Yeah, we all agree that Dallas, Dak, the coaching staff, everything is is not necessarily what we had had envisioned when we thought of Cooper getting traded. But honestly, I I think at this point for Cooper – anything is is better than what he was dealing with in oakland and that's that's not the individual parts that's not to say Derek carr is the worst quarterback in the league or or anything like that but just the entire situation i mean really felt like poisonous for cooper and and he has had down games this year but i'm looking at his lines right now he's he's had two games as a top 13 wide receiver in those two he saw 10 and 12 targets in the other four games, he saw less than five targets. Uh, I don't think that's going to be an issue in Dallas. I think he, he'll see eight to twelve targets uh, basically every game, and uh, I think he'll very quickly be uh, the, the top target and the top wide receiver there. Yeah. How many games does Cole
2: Beasley outproduce Amari Cooper rest of season?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say zero. I'll, I'll say uh, <laughs> I'll say two. Uh
0: i think there's I'll, t- a chance I'll take the that's over the the over i was gonna t- take the over
2: <laughs>
0: well if nothing else for us cooper owners i guess the trade to dallas created at least one more week where we won't make the wrong decision on him because of course they have the buy and nobody will be starting him this week let's move on to the other trade that has dynasty owners attention over the last week or so carlos Hyde sent to the Jaguars. I think the most interesting part about this trade, Ryan, is probably what we think about Fournette or, or what they're not telling us maybe about Fournette. What are your thoughts on what this this trade says about the Jaguars' feeling of the, of their quote-unquote superstar running back?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough. the The immediate reaction, um, my immediate reaction, and and uh, I know many agreed based on some conversations on Twitter and and things like that, were, was that this is bad news for Fournette. The injury is worse than we thought. Maybe you know he's going on injured reserve list and things like that. And then pretty quickly after the trade, we get the report that he's he's due back soon. He's he'll be back on the field. Uh, in the near future so who knows what's going on this is another team despite their success last year that is just just one we we pretty much want to avoid in general uh I mean Fournette has just been losing value by the buckets I'm not even sure he's he's the top 12 dynasty running back at this point
0: that's Disgusting that we're that we're talking about that. Really, Matt, what are your thoughts are here on 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 Fournette first of all, and then what do we expect from Hyde going forward?
2: Yeah, it's it's hard to feel good about it. They they also kind of feel, I think they kind of feel like similar players, right? I mean, obviously we think the Fournette is more talented, but I mean they do the same kind of things. They're both okay at catching the ball, but you know they're 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 grinders. They're they're between the tackle guys that are are, are going to be set up well. Uh, you know, with a playing with a team that that wants to run the ball and, and and has a strong defense, or so we thought. I mean, the Jacksonville defense has been giving it up lately too, so maybe it's not that. Um, the, 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 I mean, honestly, the best game, the game where they looked the best, were the one was the one where they just let Bortles do whatever they wanted against uh, the Patriots, right? Just throw and throw and throw, and then he got benched this weekend. And I mean, what's going to happen? They're, I assume they're going to go back to Bortles. It's not going to be Cody Kessler, but uh, either way, I don't think that the passing game is respected enough to to give Hyde a whole lot of running room. I mean, I, I guess it says to me that they, they think they like Yeldon as a player, but he's not that, that guy they need to grind out the tough yards. He's a great receiving back. He's he's built like a bigger back, but he just doesn't really play that way. So they need Hyde to kind of, kind of boost him that up there. Uh, it's too bad they didn't trade trade for him you know earlier in the week so he could have been available against against houston because i think it was really evident in that game how much they needed to to kind of grind that clock out um but uh going forward i think i think he's probably a running back two or maybe fringe running back two running back three high was a running back 25 uh, uh entering the weeks or uh, exiting the week apologies um, so I think it's going to be kind of about the same. I mean, he's going to be fine when Fournette is out, but after Fournette comes back, I mean, then then who knows what's going to happen. We assume it's going to go back to Fournette, but uh, maybe it's some kind of gross split where neither guy, they're really catching too many passes. Yeldon's getting the, the passing down work, and these two guys are just splitting those other carries, and it might just be a complete mess there. So... I'm not excited about it. I am excited that the NFL is starting to trade more, though. Like, like It feels like a fantasy league a little bit. Uh, but these two trades we've talked about so far are really not that exciting.
0: Yeah, not exciting at all when you consider Hyde and, and what it does to Fournette. What might be a little more fascinating for dynasty owners is the implications for Nick Chubb, who had 18 carries and 80 yards and a touchdown last Sunday what do we think of him going forward does he immediately move into that top 18 role that we expected before or we were getting from Hyde in Cleveland Matt
2: yeah I mean it's it's a little bit concerning that he didn't catch any passes I I think he can catch passes but you know they have john duke johnson there but he didn't really get a whole lot of work either so i think chubb is going to be great we've seen greatness from him already in limited work uh but i i do think that on days where he doesn't get in the end zone then we might be a little bit sad you know we might be looking at that eight to ten to twelve point game where whereas if he was catching a few more balls maybe would be a 15 point floor you know that kind of thing so um i'm optimistic for sure definitely excited to see this offense you know evolve and take a step forward with all of the youth that they have But uh, I think it might be – I think we might be expecting a little bit too much
1: if we think he's going to be a running back one right away. I I think value-wise, and that's kind of always the angle I think about value-wise, I think he does slot into that RB1 range pretty quickly. Uh, We were talking about how to value Fournette. I think that's a conversation. Hyde versus Fournette, Hyde versus – I'm sorry, not Chubb. Hyde. Chubb versus Fournette and and versus the other uh the other rookies that have kind of been in that range, Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, Carrion Johnson. These guys are all in that um kind of that eleven to fifteen twenty range. And uh, y- you know, a player like Chubb that we wouldn't have thought of as a top twelve running back just just a week ago is is now maybe there.
2: Mm.
1: I of- take Chubb over Fournette right now. Would right. you take
2: Chubb over Dalvin Cook? I think I, I think I might. I, I tried to move I tried to move Le'Veon Bell this weekend for Nick Chubb and got turned down straight away. So, I mean, that's whoa. <laughs> I mean, depending on what you think of Bell, still, but I was a little bit surprised about that. A so, I think you're right. In ter- huh?
0: A little surprised.
2: Yeah, yeah actually that, i mean pretty people, shocking? maybe 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 i maybe i i have too much bias in that direction i guess but i still think Bell's good i just he just needs to get on the field um but anyway yeah i think i think ryan's right he is close to that running by 12 in terms of value for sure
0: hmm. speaking of carry on johnson ryan you mentioned him a minute ago he was part of my rookie report card this week 19 carries 158 yards two catches for 21 he's already putting up RB2 numbers Ryan before I spoil what I I wrote to complete his section of the rookie rookie report card I'd like to know what you think of his ultimate fantasy upside
1: so for me Johnson is a is a guy that I I liked coming into the the league my concern was um was his injury history and and it it still is to some degree he had some some pretty serious injuries Uh, during his college career at Auburn. So still uh, kind of in the back of my mind worried about that. But uh, the new concern is just uh, the limitations that he sees in that offense. He's not getting goal line touches or or hardly even red zone touches because of LeGarrette Blunt, And, of course, he's not getting many opportunities as a pass catcher uh, because of the presence of Theo Riddick there. So um, he's just that between-the-20s guy, and and that kind of limits his – uh, his, his upside, we would think at least one of those, maybe both of those guys would be gone in 2019 or, or, uh, beyond. So long-term I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. And like I said, I think at this point you have to put him in your top 15 dynasty running backs.
2: Yeah, I I think he's going to be a fringe running back one. I mean, even even maybe the rest of the way. Right now we have guys like James White who, you know, is in a pretty good situation right now, running back 6. Uh with with the the Sony Michelle injury, uh we have TJ Yeldon, we have Tariq Cohen, all these guys are running back ones and I certainly think that if, if the Lions are going to start kind of shifting their offense more towards a, a run-based attack, I think Stafford had Something like 20, 20 something throws this week, which is not characteristic of him at all. Um, so, if they're going to be leaning that direction, I think we have to have him in this conversation as a fringe running back one, like Ryan said.
0: So his ADP Matt currently is forty two overall. W- what is he going to be at the end of the season?
2: I think he's going to be inside the thir- inside the top three rounds for sure. Maybe an early third, so like somewhere in like the twenty six to thirty range.
1: Ryan. Uh yeah, I probably agree. I'm I'm looking at some of the running backs and and this this happens with our ADP that because we're we're getting new data, new information uh at least every week and and sometimes even even every day with with trades and things like that happening right now, our, our data becomes a, a little bit outdated. Uh, even by the time it hits the site. So right now we've got a guy like Leonard Fournette is running back seven and, and we know we can't get that type of value for him. Uh, looking at Kerryon Johnson at RB 18, some of the players ahead of him. How many of those guys can he, can he jump? Devontae Freeman, maybe Jordan Howard. Uh, so th- I don't know that there's a ton of room for him to climb because uh, a lot of these guys are having similar success. So getting into uh, into that third-round range is, is certainly fair. Freeman is sitting just on the outside of that, so maybe that's, that's a reasonable expectation for Johnson. Hmm.
0: I concluded at the end of the report card that I thought he'd be right around 30 overall, and I, I feel pretty good about that. And like you mentioned, Ryan... He doesn't have that pass-catching role. He doesn't have the goal line role. But he's one of those roles away from from taking a big leap in value for us dynasty owners, considering his age and, and how he entered the league and, and what we all kind of thought of him and, and his upside then. Now, the injuries loom for sure, like you mentioned. The, the thing that was interesting for me more than anything else was how I, I feel like he's improved since he left college. The thing on the field that bugged me so so much when I watched him play at Auburn was picking a lane to run through and a lot of times he was right because you know behind that offensive line there was a wide open lane that you could drive a truck through but when it came to selecting which side to which side of a block to run off of I thought he picked the wrong one regularly and there was one run in that Lions game the other the other day where he broke off the left side it was like a 19 yard run he had a tight end in front of him and the tight end made a block on a defensive back shifted him one way the defensive back twisted around and shifted the other and carry johnson cut twice off of that block he was he was right the first time to cut off the off the first part of the block and then right to cut it back again and, and the guy still made the tackle but that was something that he didn't do a lot at Auburn, it seemed like when he got in any kind of open field, he he'd either try to run past his blockers or just rely on his speed to to beat everybody down the field. That wasn't the case, at least on Sunday. So I came away impressed. I have flipped a little bit on on Johnson. I feel really good about his upside going forward. Once again, he needs one of those roles. At least he has to become the pass catcher or at least get goal line carries. The other running or the other rookie that we covered in the rookie report card was Michael Gallup. This week, he had, I saw some tweets of his breakout game of three catches, guys, on five targets, (laughs) 81 yards and a touchdown, his best game so far easily, but he's averaged just 1.2 receptions and 21.8 receiving yards per game while playing only 53% of the snaps. Matt, when can Dynasty owners expect Gallup to contribute? Regularly.
2: I think it, it it's going to depend on his target share. This is the this is the only the second game he's had at least five targets all season. So if they are warming him up and he's going to get into that, you know, I think I think he needs to get into that seven to nine kind of target range for us to really feel comfortable starting him. In the two games that he has had at least five targets, he's had at least forty five yards. Um, the rest of the, the rest of the, the the games he's had one two or three targets basically so uh, I think it's just going to come down to usage you would think that he's shown enough to at least show he's the best outside receiver they have on the team currently not not accounting uh, uh, Amari there yet um, but for whatever reason they haven't really been using him as much uh, I I will admit I have not been paying too much attention to to Dallas this season to see how they've been using him. Um, so I would need to go and look at that more closely, but it just seems like it's time for them to, to hand this team over to, to him and to Amari Cooper there. and I guess still have Cole Beasley out of stop, keep Cole Beasley out of the slot. But can we please stop it with Alan Hearns and Terrence Williams and all these other guys that we, we know we just know that they they're not good. So uh, I'm optimistic, but I would need to see a couple more weeks, I think, before I would even consider starting him or, or really even pulling him off a taxi squad or anything like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the answer obviously changed with the Amari Cooper trade, but things were trending in the right direction for Gallup. Not only uh, did he see five targets for the second time this season, Matt, like you said, but his, his snap rate was the highest uh, of the entire season. He played 85% of the snaps. Even just two weeks ago, he played 39%. So essentially he's, he's doubled his playing time from from just two weeks ago. His number of routes run ha, has increased as well. So uh, I, I would have said pre-Cooper trade that that I'm feeling pretty confident that at some point this season we'll be able to use Gallup. Now I'm not so sure because prior to, um, well, throughout the season so far, Dak has been spreading the ball around with um, all of these guys uh, seeing a handful of targets at most. And now you have to expect Cooper, like we said, to get seven, eight, 10, 12 of those targets. So somebody's going to to pay the price. It should be Alan Hearns uh, for sure. It should be, you know, Jeff Swaim and, and these guys who they've just been throwing the ball to because they don't have any other options. But it's going to be Gallup and it's going to be Beasley to a degree as well.
0: Yeah, you, you totally said everything I was going to say there, Ryan, all the way down to the snap percentage. The routes run, you stole my founder, how how Cooper totally uh, affects things now, so I concur, I guess. Does that make up for the whole amplifications thing? Totally, <laughs> 100%. I figured it would. Totally justified now. Let's go to our, I guess, now regular um, bit that we do about Twitter takes, uh, dynasty-related statements. At each position, um, most of them are found on Twitter. I've added to some of them. We want to know if you guys agree or disagree. We're going to start at quarterback like always, Ryan. Sean Watson was disappointing in back-to-back weeks and is currently the 15th scoring fantasy quarterback, but has great matchups going forward. He'll end the season as a top six fantasy quarterback.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Um, he, he's, he's got this injury, you know, this pretty serious injury that he continues to play through. Uh, a couple of his wide receivers have also been banged up. So uh, I, I still love Watson long-term, but seeing the, uh, the level of quarterback play from uh, some of these other guys, I think it's going to be hard for Watson to, to move, move up that far.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Ryan. Uh, he, he's, he's got the Dolphins this week, but then he's got to go to Denver to play the Broncos, who haven't been playing great, um, but they're always tough at home, of course. And how's that going to affect uh, affect his collapsed lung? He couldn't get on a plane, so it could he even go to mile high. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's going to be difficult for him. Uh, the Redskins, after that, they're a tough defense. The Titans are fine on defense. Then he's got the Browns. The Browns are, are is a good matchup. The Colts are a decent matchup. Jets are a decent matchup. Yeah. Um, Eagles in the in the in the fantasy Super Bowl in Week 16, so that's going to be tough too. I, I'm with Ryan; I think he'll probably stay a, a quarterback one and that finish in that top 12 there, but top six seems like a, quite a bit of a stretch at this point.
0: That was one of them that I actually adjusted because the actual tweet was a super hot take that said he'd be the number one quarterback by the Ooh. end of the
2: year.
0: Wow! Yeah, caught my attention for sure. So uh, we don't name names here, though. So he's
2: taking. <laughs> He's taken so many hits. I just I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's he's not as big as Cam so I just don't Apparently, you know, I just don't think it can do All he has to do this.
0: is throw it within a few yards of Nuke though and he'll just grab it with one hand and, you know, ride on the coattails of of the best receiver in the league so
2: listen they need to just ride lamar miller to the championship <laughs> and, and yes
0: that's good <laughs> advice for dynasty hey. owners too just ride lamar hey he got 100 right
2: yards and a touchdown against the jaguar so he's ready to go you right
0: ready to roll let's talk about another guy that's ready to roll brock osweiler i couldn't find a lot on the quarterbacks i wanted to talk about but i found this one he's had back-to-back two touchdown games has looked good if he starts on thursday night against the texans you can trust him in your super flex spot man
2: trust i mean (laughs) i think trust is pretty strong (laughs) but uh, you know if you have a quarterback on a bye you have three quarterbacks and one of them is brock then it's gonna you know it's hard to not put him in there but but trust is is probably too strong of a word there
1: yeah i agree um i mean houston is, is pretty tough against quarterbacks they're they're in uh, the bottom 10 as far as points allowed to the quarterback position so that's not necessarily an easy matchup and and i agree trust is the word uh I, i've been impressed and i think we've all been pretty surprised with what we've seen from osweiler these two games but not ready to trust him yet especially with yeah i mean he he lost he also lost stills and wilson uh, just from last week so uh, basically his his two best receivers are, are gone now. And it sounds like they are going to have Devontae Parker on the field, which is another downgrade.
2: I was just going to say, Albert <laughs> Wilson is better than Devontae Parker now. Damn! Oh, what are you have to say I about I thought that? you were
0: going the other way and I was going to be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I, I guess we should replace the word trust with reluctantly. You can reluctantly start him in your flex spot, super flex spot.
2: Yeah, that, that's fair.
0: Let's go to running back. James White, he was the topic of conversation leading into the start of the podcast. Tonight, 11 carries, 40 yards, 8 catches, 57, and 2 touchdowns. James White is an RB1 on the year currently. He's one of the best trade targets for contenders, especially considering Sony Michelle's injury history
1: yeah I certainly think he is w- one of the best trade targets uh i mean we've always seen high levels of production from the new England backfield The roles there seem more I, I guess more more known than they have in the past i mean even last year we had uh we had Burkhead in there kind of muddying things up both getting some catches and uh and some red zone usage but it it's pretty clear michelle is is the workhorse and he's going to get the red zone work and, uh, and white is obviously the pass catcher and and we'll just see what happens with the, the injury to Sony Michelle. But uh, to me, white is a great trade target because even with his production, he's still, uh, I think he's still undervalued. I have seen him traded for 2019 first, which actually surprised me that he even cost that much. Uh, I think, I think you can get him certainly cheaper than most of the other current RB ones.
2: Yeah, he's he's great for contenders. Uh, you have to be worried about Sonny Michel's knee. It looks like he avoided any serious damage, but he had issues with it in the preseason. He's had issues with it throughout his really throughout his playing career. So uh, it's tough to to not think that White is going to continue to do what he's been doing. I mean, if Michelle goes out, it's going to be him and Kenyon Barner unless they make a move, right? And between those two, even though White isn't the best, you know, between the tackles runner, I probably am going to trust James White in that role more than I'm going to trust Kenyon Barner. So uh, he seems like he's going to remain this kind of – right now he's a mid-running back one. I think he's probably going to end the year fringe, you know, top 14, something like that, just based on his, his PPR upside alone. But uh, it's clear that they they love using them, especially around the around the red zone there. So um, yeah, go go get him for a late first. I'd pay that. I, I did on a non contender. I moved him for moved him in a third for a first. So I think it's right in that territory.
0: Yeah, I I kind of feel like I'm I'm comfortable with a late first. Like if I'm if I have one loss right now and my weakness, my one weakness on the team is I'm starting Bilal Powell or something as my RB two every week. That seems like a move I'm I'm willing to make.
2: That that said, I do think it's a move for 20 primarily for 2018 only because once 2019 hits, who knows what's going to happen with that running back group? You know, hopefully Michelle's injury, uh, injury history, you know, kind of kind of st- stays away as we go into the, the later parts of his career. But uh, you know, I, I just I just don't know how much you can count on the same level of production after this season
0: noted let's go on to marlon mack who had 15 carries for 63 yards and two touchdowns he also caught four passes 23 yards and another score he dominated touches for the colts last week ryan he's the running back to own in indy
2: agree
1: yeah i mean you have to agree he we saw naheem hines become a major factor in that offense and and then as soon as Mac was back. It, it, things changed really quickly, so that that equity that Hines had built up, or at least we thought he maybe built up as as a pass catcher in that uh, in that offense, was wiped away pretty quickly. And, and yeah, Mac is Mac is the guy there at, at least for this year. I'm I'm not ready to invest in him long term.
0: So I, I I was a fan of Mac, and I was trying to get him all over the place. So it felt to me on Sunday like he was kind of fulfilling the role that I saw coming a little bit more. I, I was never a big fan of Heinz coming out or even when he was putting up big numbers. In fact, it was only a few weeks ago. I wrote in the rookie report card that if you could get your investment back, you should do it now because it's not, it's not going to be there in the future. And I think this is the start of it, Matt.
2: Yeah. I, I was just thinking as we were talking about James White, cause I would like to buy Marlon Mack for a late first. Also I, I was shot down in a couple places this week Uh, after the game um but i think that that's a price you could get in some leagues and and that brings me a question to you guys uh james white or marlon mack rest of the season
0: i think i lean towards white because i like that offense better although it's a tough question i might have to think about it because you know as long as michelle is healthy white is is looking at eight to ten carries and and not much of a role at the goal line. He's going to have to score on passes like he did last week. So um, it's close. I think
1: I I want White pretty easily there. Actually, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm not quite ready to trust Mac yet.
2: That's fair. I I do think just to answer the question, I do think he's the running back to own. Though I think he's blown away what anything anyone thought Jordan Wilkins could do, and I, I think we know that Naheem Hines just isn't that that kind of running back that they can trust. Uh, you know, actually running the ball. So. Uh, yeah Mac Mac full speed ahead for me and at least for 2018 and, and Indy. Hmm.
0: So if you're on Twitter on Sunday night, you probably saw a lot about that Browns running back situation. One relatively regular tweet that you would see is something along the lines of the Browns traded Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson still got only five touches. We will not be able to start him this season, Matt.
2: Yeah, it's a little depressing. I honestly thought he was going to see more work, and I don't know really why they're not using him a little bit more. But I started him in a league last this week. <laughs> it didn't really work out for me, obviously. Uh, but uh, I think you could probably start him at some point this season with all the buys still left, but you're not going to feel great about it.
1: The narrative over the offseason when they signed or or traded. I don't even remember when, when they acquired Jarvis Landry was that Landry was essentially their, their new Duke Johnson, or he was going to, to steal the, the Duke Johnson role as the short yardage, uh, receiver. And, uh, even, even with Carlos Hyde gone now, that's essentially what happened. I think Landry saw a, a ton of targets. I think he had 10, 10 or 12 targets, uh, just as he has most of the season, and um, and that's at, at the expense of Johnson.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you guys. I'm uh, horribly disappointed. I, I was a Duke Johnson fan coming out. I was a big Duke Johnson fan until they signed Carlos Hyde, and I saw the writing on the wall a little bit at that point. I was I was leery for sure when when it was both you know two more running backs in that backfield that had to get touches. Now, once again, like you, Matt, I thought it was it was time. You're going to at least see some touches. You're going to see some type of workload, and I'm convinced that it's it's not going to come at least borrowing another injury at the position. So, uh,
2: I, I feel like he's not. I mean, he is taking obviously taking some work from from Duke Johnson, but I'd be curious to see what his A dot is right now because I know it's I know they're using him differently than Miami used him. Um, he's still getting some of those short catches for sure, but he's also taking a lot of shots down the field. So that's something I'm going to go and investigate after this show.
0: Yeah, I-, I thought he would get some of that workload from Chubb. It really didn't happen. With that, let's move to the wide receivers. we got to start with Adam Thielen because he's had seven straight 100-yard games, Ryan, to start this season. He's the best fantasy receiver to own in 2018.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard to disagree with that at this point. Um, I mean, not only is he getting the volume, he's he's scoring. He's uh, he's been very efficient, catching uh, a, a good percentage of those targets. Uh, the offense is is really clicking for Minnesota, and and we've already seen the type of impact Kirk Cousins has had there. Yeah, if you're talking rest of season, I can't. It, I mean, even Antonio Brown or, or guys like that, it, you can't put anybody above Thielen at this point.
2: Yeah, I think it was Jeff Miller a couple of weeks ago that tweeted that he's a t- he's in his top five now. And I think we talk, we debated it a little bit. I think we got him up to like eight or nine, something like that, but we couldn't get him in the top five. But, I mean, he's doing what nobody else is doing and hasn't done except for Calvin Johnson. Not that he's Calvin Johnson, but, I mean, to be able to just – Count on a hundred yards every week and, a, not and a good Johnson. chance of a shut.
0: I completely agree. He's not Calvin Johnson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's doing things. I mean, I, I think we probably have to bring in different eras again to this conversation and how past happy the league is now compared to even when Calvin Johnson was was here playing. Um, but I mean, I don't know how you can't be impressed. It, it's it's tough to even. I, I think I still want Diggs over him, but that might be complete bias just based on age and the fact that we think he's a more explosive athlete and all that. But Thielen is the one who's, who's putting up the production. Um, uh, Diggs, I think, had eight catches for like 30-something yards, so he's not really doing anything after the catch right now. So, so yeah, Thielen, I, I, uh, I, I can't argue with that statement. That's not a hot take.
0: That's not a hot take, he, and he's been impressive. And, and if you get the chance to watch him – Every single down and the effort and the great catches and everything you want out of a receiver, Thielen is delivering it. It It's fun to watch. Uh, Another receiver that was fun to watch this past week was John Brown, who caught seven passes for 134 yards and a touchdown. Matt, he is on pace for 1,275 receiving yards, which would be a Ravens team record. Free agent after the season, he's going to be a dynasty, dynasty stud if he signs with blank.
2: Am I filling in the blank here, yeah, or blank. am I just agreeing with statement? Yeah. Jeez. Um... Packers <laughs> oh, no uh I don't know man this is such a tough question and give him, give them to Andrew Luck you know T.Y. Hilton's still there it'd be cool to have that when they when they drafted T.Y. Hilton um they had just or sorry when they had drafted Philip Dorsett they already had T.Y. Hilton and they and they kind of wanted to have those two fast deep threats and and right now we have T.Y. Hilton again who's going to be you know 29 I think next season so he's getting up there give him give him another speedster on the outside there and see see what he can do
1: yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of places uh, he could land. I mean, if you think, uh, even though they are typically one of the highest volume passing teams uh, over the past few years, we, we don't think of the Ravens as an explosive offense. And, and certain uh, certainly as fantasy players, we don't have a ton of respect for Joe Flacco. So you, you think it would be fairly easy for him to land in a better situation. I mean, you have to think there's there's probably 10 to 12 teams that would be better for him in in that way. So for him it's it's never been a question of talent, it's always been health. And and clearly he's staying healthy this year and and reminding us that we we really messed up. He he fell outside of the top 200 in Dynasty ADP just about a year ago and that that hurts. We we missed a major buying opportunity there.
0: Yeah, a a, a dynasty freebie really. You you're getting him for pennies really. Uh and all of us should have been buying the but- I guess we dropped the ball on that one. Uh last wide receiver one, Ryan. The three hosts of the DLF Dynasty podcast were completely wrong to be Leary of Alshon Jeffrey early in twenty eighteen. The injury isn't something fantasy owners should be worried about.
1: I don't know who said that, but Well the, the second <laughs> sentence of that
0: was an actual tweet. The
1: the first one I, I added. Okay. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. Um well, whoever said it was right. Uh, I mean, I I feel like I missed on on Alshon even just three games in. I mean, he's already uh, he's already been producing, and uh, even with Zach Ertz, and, and and that was another one of the knocks for me was that Ertz is is Wentz's favorite target, and and even when uh, even when Jeffrey returns or, you know, this is this is the thinking at the beginning of the season. Even when he returns, I don't think that's going to change. It really hasn't changed, but there's just been um, enough opportunity in that offense, partially due to their complete lack of any, any kind of running game. Uh, but there's been enough opportunity for both of those guys to succeed. It seems like now they played it safe, both with Alshon and, and with Wentz as well, uh, not rushing those guys back. Uh, another another smart decision from from Peterson and the Eagles, and yeah, I don't. I mean, he's still not a guy long term that I'm I'm really excited about as far as a, a dynasty perspective. But if I have him on my roster, yeah, I'm starting him every week and, and without any hesitation. I think we had a, we had an episode
2: where we t- where we talked about how everyone loves the Eagles offense, but nobody wants to buy any of their skill position players. And I mean, I think we're seeing it now that Alshon was the right answer, and Jay Ajayi was definitely not the right answer. Um, I, I don't think we were wrong to be leery of him early on. I mean, the reports were bad; he still missed what was it, three or four games. So uh, I don't. I think we were both wrong and right. I, I I definitely have acquired a few shares there when he was injured. Um, so I I don't I don't really know what to say about this. I don't think we can be uh, completely past the injury issues. I mean, he's a guy who's always had those soft tissue. Um, injuries, and, and I'm sure they might come back at some point. But right now, he's healthy, and and, and you know, just keep starting him.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start him too. And and I actually bought him in a couple of places because that that price tag got so low at 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 one point in the off season that for the first time, I was a I was a buyer when it came to Jeffrey, and I'm really glad that I did. Like you guys, I wasn't necessarily buying because. I was super excited about his long-term upside it was it was all about that price tag and and it's creeping back up there now for sure for for good reason as far as that Eagles offense goes and and you know buying into the players and and the rest of the skill guys on on that team it seems to me that there's so much value on the team but it's spread out so perfectly that it, it's hard to pick the right guy from a week-to-week basis outside of Ertz, and, and now maybe you can put Jeffrey in that. I, I'm really – I'm watching the Eagles closely. It seems like the, the last four weeks-ish were the Eagles preseason, and at some point it, they're going to turn this thing on and, and get things fixed. And I know the record doesn't necessarily indicate it or anything, but I'm ready to watch that Wentz uh, magic kind of kick back in for this year now that now that his preseason – Is done. Let's talk about Trey Burton. You guys agree or disagree with this one, Matt? Trey Burton has scored in three straight games and has four touchdowns on the
2: season. He's going to
0: finish the year (laughs) as a top
2: six tight end. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know how you can really disagree with this. Right now, let's look at the top six. I've got uh, Ertz, Kelsey, (laughs) Ebron, George Kittle, Jared Cook, Trey Burton. Uh, below him, Austin Cooper, David Njoku. I think David Janoko has been playing really well and could bump up there. Gronk is all the way down at tight end nine, which seems weird. Um, but, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think that he is definitely the reliable, most reliable uh, weapon that he has there in the passing game. Um, he doesn't really seem to be clicking too well with Allen Robinson. Uh, I don't think Anthony Miller is quite there yet. Um, so I think Burton is the guy. I mean, he's had a couple of, a couple of games where he's been – he's basically been saved by, by a touchdown, but he really broke out this last week and hopefully they continue to see that and continue to use him in the same fashion.
1: Well, I think his, his hot streak that Dan mentioned has also coincided with Trubisky throwing the ball a ton more and being more efficient. Um, So if we expect that to continue, then yeah, I feel, I feel really good about, uh, about Burton as the top six tight end. He, he, I know this is a tangent, but, I don't know if you guys watch the Chicago game, but
2: Trubisky, he's bad. Mm-hmm. He he is bad, like like Bortles level bad. So that's the that's the one thing that I question there. But if they're going to keep throwing it around like they are, then I guess it doesn't really matter for fantasy. Uh, but for real life NFL, he, he is not he's not good.
0: Yeah, not good like Mariota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go on a tangent, that's what I thought when I watched him. I was like, I think. This is what all the Mariota fans thought a couple of years ago when everybody was, you know, moving them into their top three or four in, in Dynasty. This, this is what Trubisky's doing now, the same thing. Uh, it really doesn't look good if you watch it, but if you look at the stat line afterwards, you take the, the fantasy points for sure. One strategy, uh, agree or disagree, Twitter take. Uh, an actual question I was asked from a fellow Dynasty owner. Ryan, I'm in line for the number one pick in next year's rookie draft. Which current rookies, twenty eighteen rookies, would you trade that pick for? Straight up.
1: Which rookies would I give up for the pick? No, which
0: ones? Um, <laughs> which
1: ones would you trade the pick to get? Trade the pick to get. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, of course, goes without saying, Barkley. Uh, and then, and then the conversation gets going. Um. For me, I think any of those four running backs that we've talked about, Geis, Michelle, Carrion, Nick Chubb, uh, I think those those are all guys I would prefer over the 2019 101 um who which is most likely not going to be a running back. Um Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, I, I think those guys are are close. I know I'm I'm sure Ridley is is a no-brainer for you, Dan. Uh but I mean, I think we're looking at that's seven or eight guys that that we would prefer.
2: I'm going to defer to Ryan on this one because I, I have not even started looking at next year's rookie class yet, but I feel like I would probably only rather have Saquon at this point. I mean, that might be I guess if we're going to say one oh one typically goes in the startup draft, goes in the middle of a second round. Like I'm not taking any of those other guys in the middle of the second right now. We just talked about on Johnson, maybe ended up in like the 25 to 30 range in the third round. So I just feel like maybe I could get more than any of those other rookies for just the 101. Um, but I might be wrong about that. So I'll, I'll I'll defer to Ryan on this one.
1: I think you can probably get more if you wait, um, because even even in this class that's that's suddenly looking questionable rookie hype is still going to happen and and there's going to be people overpaying for draft picks. So, so yeah, if you, if you wait, you can probably get uh, Darius guys plus or, you know, Cortland Sutton plus, but if you're talking about making a deal right now, it's, we always talk about buying picks this time of year. It's actually, it's hard to, to buy producing or, you know, productive players for draft picks right now. Um, i especially when you're talking about guys who are still rookies currently.
2: But what – I mean, what current scenario, if you know you're getting the 101 and we all know that draft picks only increase in value, I mean, like why why are you making that move right now if you're not competing anyway, I guess. Is well, I, I
0: think the big factor is that you're leery of next year's class. And while, while those picks certainly get more and more valuable traditionally, there's also years – um, and dynasty owners everywhere are getting a lot more savvy with this where you you really know exactly how that draft is gonna gonna unfold and if somehow just because you're 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 in line for the number one pick if you end up with the third pick somehow because you reel off a couple of wins there is a there's just a massive difference my advice to this owner was, the first I asked the question, how sure are you that you're going to get the number one pick? Well, there's three of us that are kind of, you know, vying okay. for it. And if that's the case, then as, particularly if you're getting a player that is going to help you win a couple more games this year, I think, I think it's a good move to try to get one of those running backs. And, and of course, I mentioned Ridley as well. I, I tried to be a little bit unbiased and, and say you, you have to be a fan. You, you have to really like the guy to make that kind of investment. And you certainly do it if you can get another piece in that deal. Um, so I just thought it was a really fun question to ask um, and and figured you guys would have good answers.
2: But if you're in line for the 101 and you're making a move for a guy that can get you a few more wins, do you really, do you really want a few more wins? I guess if you're trading that pick, then you don't care. But, uh, I mean, otherwise it just – I don't know. I, I just feel like you should wait unless you just really think that – the top of the draft is going to be trash. I mean, you guys can speak to this more than me. Is there any kind of clear separation at the top? Is there anybody like a lock 101 right now or even like a top three situation going on right now? Uh,
1: no, I don't think there's any lock at the top. I, I do think, though, to speak to your other scenario, I, I think there's a lot of teams that have acquired other potential high picks. So I'm, I'm a contender, but I also have this high first rounder that I can dangle for um, a, a piece to help me win now, whether that's it's a current rookie or or another producer. But for for me, this class is feeling a lot like 2013. Um, when if you looked at five different rookie drafts, you maybe saw five different 101s. Um, so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it right now. Is there a consensus top? There's not. To me, there's not a consensus 101. I think a lot of people would probably say. Nikhil Harry, the Arizona State wide receiver, but he has some competition now. And as far as the top three or even a top five, I don't think so. I think it's really wide open right now. And, um, and a couple of these guys are probably going to end up going back to school and, and breaking our hearts, which will really, um, make it even tougher to, to figure out.
0: Right. And the, and the top of the class appears to be full of wide receivers, so particularly if you're if you're looking at getting one of those running backs, um, even if it's Geis who is a red shirt this year, obviously, and, and you're not going to get a better pick because or a worse pick or earn a worse pick because of him, but if if you're looking to try to improve that position in, in a in a league where you have to start two or or whatever it may be, uh, this may be your best chance to make a move like that.
2: I just I think I would just rather buy running backs as if i'm not if i know i'm not competing this season i would and i want a running back i would rather wait as close as i possibly can to the rookie draft or the start of the 2019 season if that makes any sense i think i think i could throw Geis. i think i throw Geis in there because he's not going to affect anything right now so if i can get Geis plus for the 101 then i and i know it's the 101 right now then i think i would do that too so i guess i guess my list is saquon and Geis.
0: Yeah, I, I think the list particularly gets seven or maybe even eight deep if, you, if you're if you getting another piece in the trade. If they're sending back a second or something along those lines, it's a lot easier yeah. to pull the trigger on those, game, those guys not named Barkley. That's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I appreciate all of you listening. You should be following all the guys on the pod, as well as the podcast at DLF Podcast. If you're not... Well, I guess that's your choice. We'll catch you ne- again next week for another new episode. Thanks again for listening.
2: That's just your choice? There's How about shame on you. you?
0: Shame on you! Ah. So I was a – we talked about it over the off season. I was a Big Mac fan, and I was a Big Mac fan. I also like Whoppers.